are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk about the latest on Joey season hometown date today. I've got an update on what's coming up, and we're going to get to that. We're also going to talk about Clayton. I'm going to fill you in a little bit more on just give my thoughts on the Clayton situation and just kind of a message uh, to people who sent me messages yesterday that were really, really disheartening regarding this case. Also, going to talk about Big Brother. I brought it up in the open yesterday and then just completely forgot to talk about Tuesday's episode, what happened there. And then Survivor last night had my brain scrambled. I'm so, I've now got a thought on these 90-minute episodes. We'll get to all that momentarily. Let's first start off talking about Joey's season of The Bachelor. They're in hometown dates. You know, Tuesday's hometown date was in Minnesota with Daisy Kent. Today's hometown date is with Kelsey Anderson in New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, that leaves two hometown dates left, Saturday and Monday, between four women, because six women went to Canada. We know two have already gotten the hometowns. I know that Rachel Nance has one of the last two hometown dates. I don't know if it's Saturday. I don't know if it's Monday. It would be in California. It's where her family is. So I know she's in for a hometown date, whether it's going to be Saturday or Monday. I do know that Jen Tran was eliminated in Jasper. She was eliminated at Final Six. So that leaves either Maria or Kelsey Toussaint as the fourth person to round out hometown dates. More than likely, due to geographical filming, it's Kelsey Toussaint, but I haven't gotten that confirmed yet. So that's the one I'm waiting on. If and when I find out, I'll let you know. But seemingly, just because when I talk about geographical stuff, and the way they usually have always done hometown dates is work east to west geographically, the order. Because the f- uh, Final Four hometown date is in L.A. Sometimes it's at the mansion, sometimes it's at a hotel in L.A. I believe the same thing is going to be in L.A. next Tuesday. The Final Four rose ceremony is going to be Tuesday in L.A., which means Saturday and Monday's date, they always make the last date the farthest west, closest to L.A., Makes sense. So of the three possibility, well, we already know Rachel is getting one of the hometown dates, and her and she is in L.A. Kelsey Toutants would be in L.A. as well. So is it a possibility that they could go Minnesota, Louisiana today, and then back up to Canada for Maria, and then come to California for hometown four? I guess anything's possible, but it just doesn't seem likely based on the way they have filmed in the past. So my guess is Kelsey Toussaint is the fourth hometown date. Doesn't mean she's filmed fourth. I'm just saying she would be the fourth. So three are guaranteed. Daisy had hers on Tuesday. Kelsey Anderson is having hers today. And Rachel is definitely getting a hometown date. So. That's uh, the latest. I'm sure it's going to be Kelsey T, but if there's a change, I will uh, I'll let you know. But um, or not change. Uh, obviously, it's been established already. If there is some sort of news that oh, it it it, it does go to Maria, and they are going to fly back to Canada to film her hometown, which doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Considering they were in Canada right before hometown dates, you would think if Maria got a hometown date, she would have been filmed at least first or second. So, anyway, I'll let you know. Anytime I hear anything, I want to bring up uh, Clayton and the situation and what's going on with that. As I said, 
yesterday, Dave Neal started a GoFundMe page for Clayton. This wasn't Clayton's idea. This was Dave, after watching Clayton, not saying that he struggled, but he was by himself, and he's not a lawyer. So he needs legal representation. And I understand that a lot of you seem to be under the impression that why would we donate to a guy who is famous and doesn't he have any money and stuff like that? Like, I don't get why that's someone's first reaction when there's a GoFundMe page set up, because the last time I checked, nobody is holding a gun to your head to donate. And if you don't want to donate, just don't donate and you don't have to say anything and give reasons why you don't want to donate. Nobody cares. But yet myself, Dave, we heard it all yesterday because we were the two that were promoting it. And it was really frustrating getting messages saying, why am I going to waste my money on that guy? What? So you're saying that based on what? Because he had the rose ceremony from hell and made a couple mistakes during his season, which he has completely owned up to post-show? It doesn't make any sense why people are getting so angry about money that we're just asking would help a guy out who needs some legal representation. What are you getting so mad at? Why are you so mad that Dave and I are promoting, hey, this guy needs a little help? And just like, just the vitriol that comes back when, again, like I said, just don't donate. I'm not saying, hey, if you don't donate, I'm calling you out. Like, no, just don't donate. And if you're not going to donate, you don't need to preface it and you don't need to follow it up with, or actually follow it up with, and here's my reason why. Like, I don't care. Dave doesn't care. But when you do, you kind of show your ass and you kind of show kind of what a shitty person you are because you have to throw it in about why you're not donating. First off, you don't even know the guy. I'm sure you've donated to causes where you don't know the people involved. How is this any different? You don't really know him. You know him off an edited television show. And I'm not sitting here banging the drum for Clayton. I was the first one to call. I was one of the first ones to call him out during his season. The guy fucked up royally. We all know this, but he owned it. So I don't understand why there's such hate. If you listen to my podcast with Dave Neal two weeks ago, I'm telling. I stand by everything I said. If this same exact story was happening to Tyler Cameron, he'd probably be at twenty thousand in donations. Why? Because people love him. Like you're letting your negative opinion of Clayton from his season cloud your judgment on what's going on right now. One has nothing to do with the other. No matter what he did on The Bachelor season where he fucked up and had the rose ceremony from hell with Rachel and Gabby, that has nothing to do with what's happening and the predicament he's been in for the last five months. Nothing. But yet you can't see past your own biases to actually take a look at the story and actually not just read headlines and not just read clickbait and listen to certain alumni going on other podcasts laughing at Clayton. I just think that's embarrassing. It's not that hard to not donate and not say a word. That's fine. I'd love that. I'm actually interested in the people who actually said, I have no idea what's going on. Why does he need a legal fund? At least... They're open to hearing why he started a legal fund. I shouldn't say he. He didn't start it. Dave started it for him. And Clayton, you know, happily is accepting of it because anybody could use. Nobody wants to be sued. 
unless you know, unless you're a multimillionaire, not a lot of people have thousands of dollars just sitting around to defend themselves in a legal matter. So yeah, I don't think it's very wrong of Dave. I don't think it's wrong at all of Dave to start this GoFundMe page and for Clayton to accept it. You get this warped sense of reality that Clayton is just swimming in money because he was The Bachelor. If I'm not mistaken, I think I have more followers than Clayton on Instagram. If it's not, it's very close. And this is a guy that was a lead on a network television show. Clayton has 265,000 followers. I have 260. This guy was a lead on a television show, on a network television show. He's got 5,000 more followers than me. So for you to think that, oh, my God, this guy's famous and he's swimming in money. No, it's not the way it works. So have a little compassion, have a little empathy, and actually maybe do your homework and kind of look into things and what's going on here. And don't just assume because someone was on television, they're loaded. Why do I have to donate to him? Like the, the amount of negativity that I got in my DMs yesterday when all I said was, please donate to Clayton's fund. He needs it. It's it's head-scratching, it's disappointing, and it's kind of embarrassing. Big Brother on Tuesday night had our power of veto, and once again, here's Jag building his resume. Again, I'm still confused on why everyone is just, oh, Matt's going to win. Is it because... It's like a pity vote or something. <clears throat> Jag has such a bigger resume than Matt. It's not even close. The In terms of what he's won. And he's had to pull off some. If you can't say, well, Matt, Jag's had to lie to people. Be quiet. Everyone's lied in this game. Everybody lies in this game every year. It's just a matter of how do you lie without royally pissing somebody off. Like, there's very few people left in this game. You know, there's seven people left in the game. And a guy wins HOH, and you know he's not putting up Matt. So there's only five other people that can go up. For everyone to get like so offended that Jag put up Blue and Felicia, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, of course, anybody that goes up is always upset. Even people that are told, I'm only putting you up as a pawn. Sometimes the pawn will be like, I don't want to be here, but I've been told I'm the pawn. But we all know what happens to pawns. They get voted out. So it, it just, it, it seems like JAG has really, and I, like I said, I don't know the statistics. I'm sure there's Instagram accounts out there that have this type of stuff. But knowing that JAG has won at least three HOHs and I believe at least three power vetoes, right? He's got at least six comp wins, maybe five. But I think it's six. I could be wrong. It just seems like this is so Jag's game to lose. You know, if Sari gets there, I, I guess you can make a case for her. But what is her case? Just she's a great social player. I I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, she was running the house in the beginning. And her two allies got voted out, and she still managed to get to the end. I mean, I guess that's a case she can make. But when you're never – now, granted, she never got to compete in any power of vetoes. I think we saw that, right? She's never been picked for power of veto. 
So that doesn't help. But has she ever been a threat to win HOH? She's not a comp person at all. And again, I'm sure somebody who's a diehard bachelor, I'm sure somebody who's a diehard Big Brother fan could answer this question. Has anybody ever won Big Brother that won nothing all season? Never won an HOH and never won a comp. Has that ever happened? I don't know the answer to that. I can't imagine that it has. And as great as Suri is and as warm and receptive as she is and how great she is socially in these games, is that good enough to win in a game like Big Brother? I mean, she was a great social player and survivor, and everybody loves Suri, but she never won. <laughs> you know, I I know that she has won competitions and she has won immunities in in Survivor in the past, but she hasn't come close to anything in this house. She's only been able to compete in HOHs. We know that because she has not had her name pulled for power veto. And even if she pulls something at this point, I don't think she's going to go on a run and win numerous HOHs and numerous power vetoes at the end of the game. You know, maybe she pulls one win in a power veto or an HOH, two tops. I don't think that all of a sudden skyrockets her resume. Jag's got the best resume in the house, unless I'm completely missing something and the people that are following this every day are like, no, 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 Matt's the odds-on favorite and he's going to run away with this thing. If Jag and Matt are sitting there at the end, knowing who the jury is, uh, I think that Matt's going to get votes, sure, but is he going to get four? I don't know. But then again, I have no idea of what the jury, this particular season's jury, is going to base their votes on. It just seems like Jag has a very, very solid resume that's better and bigger than Matt's. And I'm not saying Matt's a bad guy at all. And if he won this season, I wouldn't be like, oh, totally didn't deserve to win. No. I think Matt and Jag are the two favorites to win this thing. So, and they're probably, if they get to the final three and one of them wins the final comp, they're taking the other one to the end. Right? I mean, I think that's a given. So, and it's not like either of them are going to go after each other. So I think I think it'll be close. Maybe there will be a close vote in this if Matt and Jag are sitting there at the end. Now, if it's Matt in the end against Felicia, if it's Matt in the end against America or Bowie Jane or Blue, no. Matt's winning 7 nothing. But him next to Jag, Jag's absolutely 1,000% got a case for sure. Survivor last night. I uh, I was confused. Now, we can get through all the stuff that happened in the first hour because all that really matters was, okay, which team lost and had to go to tribal council and what happened? Well, the, what is it, the Mellow tribe? I'm already forgetting the tribe names. The one with Drew, Austin, Emily, Kendra, and Brando. They lost, and then they had to send... One person from their tribe, one person from the other tribes, each of the other tribes on another one of those journeys. They sent Austin, and the other one was, I forget their names, <laughs> but essentially it was another one of these idol things where you could either eat or you can take an idol, and it's good till this, there's six people left, and... But if you use it, it takes the power away from one. Again, that part was, again, confusing to me. But it came down to this. 
Drew and Austin were from an original tribe together, and Kendra and Brando were from an original tribe together, and then Emily was the outlier. So it was basically Emily was in the best position because she was either going to side with Drew and Austin or she was going to side with Kendra and Brando, and that was going to be the threesome that moved on, and then the other one would be shit out of luck at that point. And they'd just be a lone person before the merge next week. So it just got so, so confusing because Brando tried to team with Drew and say, why don't all four of us vote out Kendra? And then he goes and tells Emily this and said it was Drew's idea. So Emily goes to Drew and says, Drew, I'm hearing you want us four to vote out Kendra. I'm not down for that. He's like, that wasn't my idea. That was Brando's idea. So she's all screwed in the head because she doesn't know who to believe. These guys are just lying back and forth to each other. And I just, I didn't understand the gameplay, why Brando and Kendra, well, I think Kendra wanted to do it, but Brando, why Brando was going off, and that's probably why he was voted out. There's probably more that we don't know that wasn't shown as to why he was voted out because it would just seem like Kendra and Brando pitch Emily as hard as you can. Drew and Austin are going to pitch Emily as hard as they could, and Emily was going to make her choice. Which two did she want to go with? Ultimately, she ended up going with Drew and Austin, and it's probably because she ended up finding out that Brando made that up about Drew, saying they wanted Kendra out. But it really got so wonky and so all over the map. I'm like, what is going on here? Everyone is, and, I, and I'm sitting there trying to put myself in Emily's position. Like, I don't know who to believe either, because they both sounded convincing. But my thinking of it was, as I'm watching the show, why is Brando trying to separate himself from Kendra? I know he mentioned during the show that they weren't very close at the other tribe, and then when they got split up, now they started to become a little bit closer. But that that should have been his play. So, I, again, I there could be a lot more that wasn't shown. But clearly there is, because they have to film for so many hours, and we only get 90 minutes a week. And speaking 90 minutes a week, I don't know if I'm liking 90 minutes a week. Because it does seem like, yes, we're getting a lot more camp life and we're getting a lot more introduction to strategy and stuff like that and backstories. And, but it also gets very confusing because the more time they spend on it, the more you're like, okay, who is siding with who? Now, granted, next week it's going to all get reset because they are merging next week. I think there's, what, 12 players left? I couldn't do the try breakdown of who from Reba, Reba who from Lulu and who from Mello or whatever. I can't. I mean, when the episode starts, maybe if I paused my TV. But yeah, if I'm just watching, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's original Reba. Those five or those four or those six. You know, I can't do that. I'm not that good because I just turn it on Wednesday nights and then I never think about it for another week. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens next week if original tribe members come back together, if they recruited others when they were in their new tribes. Who knows? But that's why it's so hard to predict a winner in this game. You can kind of, based on you know what you're watching, I mean, you can do it based on edits, but they're very wonky with their edits because we saw a couple seasons ago where Gabler won and if you looked on Survivor Fact Checker's Instagram page, he didn't get a ton of confessionals. He was like fifth or sixth place in confessionals. Yet he ended up winning. 
Last year, it was Jam Jam and Carolyn all season long were getting the most confessionals. And those two ended up in the final three together. So I think Survivor knows. So it could be somebody that comes out of the blue and hasn't gotten a lot of screen time at this point, and it could be somebody who's been right in front of our faces the whole game. We just do not know. So that's why watching it, you know, you also don't know who's going to win comps, who's got, who's going to find an idol later on. There's just so many different things, but that's why it's kind of fascinating to watch. And finally, the challenge last night, we had a storm here in Dallas. Not a major, you know, there wasn't anything like crazy, but when I have a DirecTV dish on top of my roof, anytime we do have a storm that rolls through, for the most part, it's got to be pretty heavy, but the cloud cover ends up making my satellite feed kind of go out for a little bit. So it was kind of going in and out last night, and there was basically the full episode didn't record. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of start and stops and a lot of, oh, you know, five minutes are gone or stuff like that. So I'm going to have to watch last night's challenge episode of the new season online and kind of go from there and see what happens and who's going to be good this season and whatever. But yeah, I, that was my challenge issue last night, not to mention I was watching the uh, Victor Wembanyama debut for the San Antonio Spurs against the Dallas Mavericks. So there's that. <laughs> but I'm going to watch the challenge at some point this weekend and, and definitely we'll be talking about it because we need to talk about that. Tonight, Thursday night, busiest night of the week for me, you know, Golden Bachelor, then Bachelor in Paradise. We've got Big Brother Live Eviction Show. I've got Thursday night football. <sighs> we don't have the challenge anymore. That's good. I haven't even gotten around to House of Villains, which apparently is doing pretty well ratings-wise for E. And I haven't watched one episode yet. And the further I get behind, the less I'm going to be inclined and less motivated to go watch it on the weekends. So I will let you know about it. If anyone wants to tell me, if is, it, is it worth it to watch? I'd appreciate that. Obviously, we could have completely different tastes in TV. And you might love it, and I might hate it, or you hate it and say, Steve, don't watch it. And then I check it out, and I'm like, yeah, it's not half bad. So I, I don't know. I just like kind of a mini review any, from anybody that's watched it. Uh, I just haven't gotten around to it. It's recorded. It's on my DVR, but just haven't gotten around to it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Coming up in an hour from now, the Sports Daily. Coming up in two hours from now, I'm back with podcast number 362 with Kate Casey of the Reality Life Podcast. I need to know more about this Mauricio Mansky kyle Richards relationship because that's the one I'm kind of focused on right now. And I'm, I know nothing about it other than what I've read in the last month since Mauricio has been on Dance with the Stars. So that's coming up in a couple hours from now. Like I said, that's podcast number. What is it? I want to get the right number, and I think I do have the right number, 362. So check that out a couple hours from now. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.